0: I'm Coco, and this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together.
1: Find past shows all over the web. Find them at TuneIn, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, RockandVino.com. All over social media at Rock and Vino: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like and subscribe, and get new episodes every week. Then you don't have to go find them and find out what uh, what new things are happening week to week. And this week, <laughs> it, we have a couple guests that fit in with Rock and Vino with the name. Uh, we have Ernest from Sonoma County Medical and Hardcore, and Sarah from Siduri Winery. So we're, we're crossing the two together here.
0: <laughs> and they're married. Yeah. So right, exactly. connection. Two for one. <laughs> exactly. So welcome, guys. Thanks Hello. for having I'm us. I'm going to move this microphone because I can't see. There we go <laughs> okay <laughs> um, so thanks for coming on so um, so Sarah why don't you start and tell us a little bit about what you do and where you're at and how you got started in the wine industry
2: Oh gosh okay um, so 2019 it'll be my 18th harvest uh, working in wine production. I am a graduate of UC Davis and soon after that I uh, came up north after touring the world with my husband at home. Oh, boyfriend at the time, Um, we came back in the middle of harvest, got a job locally up in the Santa Cruz Mountains at a small family owned place called Cooper Garrett for a few months and then um, a job opportunity opened up at St. Francis Winery in Mm. Sonoma Valley. So I I took it January of 2002 and started off in the lab, worked there for four years, then moved over to uh, Lambert Bridge up in Dry Creek Valley. Worked there as the enologist for four years, um, where I learned probably the most about winemaking under Jill Davis, who was the winemaker there at the time. Um, at that point, I had mostly focused on Bordeaux varieties and um, Chardonnay. And so um, I, had, at the time, had my first child, Oliver, and decided to take a little break, or so I thought, because I wanted to be a mom and stay home. Um, and that was a really difficult decision, but um, because I feel like as a woman and mom in the wine industry, when it, as soon as you step out, you lose your traction in your career moving forward. Mm-hmm. So that was a tough decision, but um, I was super happy to be a mom and um, get to know my little guy and... Mm-hmm. Um, Then another job opportunity opened up, which I couldn't pass up, and that was to partner with my best friend, Anna Diogo Draper um, over at Artessa. She's the winemaker there. And we got to create our own label for nakedwines.com. And with that, they basically gave us creative freedom to source our fruit, make all of the picking decisions, the winemaking decisions, and they fully funded it and paid us. As wow. well. So that was amazing to have our own label focusing on uh, P- Portuguese varieties like Tempranillo, Torriga, Verdeo. And um, they created the label, they paid for packaging. We had a full time seller staff that did all the work for us. So that was really, really fun. Um, and then after that, I took a job over at Copan in. Um, in Healdsburg, and that was switching then over to the Burgundy side, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, and a little bit of Syrah. Um, I absolutely fell in love with that style of wine, Um, very hands-off approach, uh, more uh, European style, wine making higher acids, lower alcohols, and then sourcing fruit from Anderson Valley, primarily Uh, Just a beautiful spot that produces amazing fruit. Um, And learning a lot from wells about, you know, not inoculating, using neutral oak, pump-overs. It was a different way coming from where I had been before, where everything was controlled. We always inoculated additions. You know, uh, it was very, you know, more hands-on and more controlled environment. And... Wells had more of a hands-off approach so that was pretty unique um, and now I'm at Siduri so here I am uh, <laughs> 18 years later and I was just promoted to facility winemaker at Siduri. Uh so I will be running the day to day and then I've been given the opportunity to be the you know move into the winemaking role for a higher tier brand called Maggie Hawk that sources fruit from the deep end of Anderson Valley Pinot Noir Chardonnay and we're also including a white Pinot Noir, so that's, oh. that's been pretty fun to learn how to make that.
0: That's interesting, a yeah. white Pinot Noir. I don't right. think I've ever heard of that before.
2: Yeah, it's it's not all that common, but um, essentially we're just directly pressing the Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. and it's as white as a Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc, so. And what is the flavor profile of that? Um, Let's see, I would say you still get some of the um, maybe tart fruit, a red, berry aromatics the texture is different for sure chardonnay i think tends to have um more laser-like acidity um depending on the style that you make it in but um this pinot noir white pinot noir has more of a broad texture Hmm. even early on in its its life so that's been been pretty cool to to be a part i feel like you know i'm just getting ramped up in my career and as is Ernest with his, so we're we're kind of on a good trajectory here, I think.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So uh, that's a good crossover. So, Ernest, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in music?
3: Music. Uh, <laughs> I've been involved in music since I was a, in high school, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I was just a, a dorky, uh, dorky kid <laughs> that uh, found... Um, some kind of uh uh sense of belonging in punk rock yeah and so um i guess i kind of grew up in 90s punk rock um and then when uh i was in college uh i went to davis and i was going to punk shows out in uh uh, the sacramento area and that's where i was introduced to hardcore Mm -hmm. and so there was bands like seven seconds and Hoods that would be playing out there, and that they would be bringing a lot of a uh, smaller bands out that way. So it was, really, you know, the first time I saw someone do a windmill kick or something. in It <laughs> was in Sacramento, <laughs> um, and, and you know, it was it was something that I really fell in love with of, you know, harder edge music. I was already into metal by that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I played in bands in the in the past, so I, I really. Um, enjoy uh being creative and getting to have you know something that you can you know having a guitar and being able to just like write and create noises that happen to sound good together <laughs> um i don't know why i've gravitated towards metal so much in in recent years i've, I've really um taken a passion to i guess more of the the harder edge Sides of uh, metal, more towards death metal and deathcore, not not as much deathcore, but really death metal. And um, I'd say when I was uh, starting to want to get out of playing music, I've never enjoyed performing. Mm -hmm. I I don't like being on a stage. I like the creative creativity and the creative process. Um, I like. Setting up events Mm -hmm. more than I actually like performing at an event Um, You know, I I think both of us kind of came up during uh, when 101.7 the Fox was around Mm -hmm. Um, There was limited amount of independent promoters available Everything was uh, in-house through Dave Dahr at the last day saloon. Yep, and um, he didn't always want to take on as many shows as you know, maybe there was an opportunity for. Mm-hmm. He wasn't as much of a, a rock guy or a metal guy.
0: And no moshing at the last. No moshing at the last day, no <laughs> the last day so
3: And uh, twenty one plus. So I had yeah. a re- I had a really hard time coming from you know hardcore and stuff. That something would be twenty one plus. Everything should be all ages and you mm-hmm. know. And so uh, there was an opportunity where I I just decided to throw a show for my own band and it, it did really well and I was like you know I, I could probably do this for someone else and people were asking me hey can't let's set up a show or something and so that's kind of where um, gathered booking and management started and um, started uh, just really uh, amateurly reaching out to agents and being like hey um, I got these venues do you want to send us a tour or something so I First tour I ever booked, I think, was American Head Charge, mm-hmm. which was horrible. <laughs> and um, uh, Death by Stereo. I uh, loved that show. That was that, that was, was a fun mo- show.
0: Yeah, it was a fun show.
3: That was uh, that was one of those instances that never happens of I saw that they were announcing a tour and I emailed and was like, Hey, do you guys want to add on an extra date on your way up to Washington? They're like, Yeah, how much can you give us? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, you know, like a thousand bucks and they're like, Okay. And so it just happened to land and you know um, I was I was doing a lot with, um, you know, more trying to be, like, diverse and stuff. So I was doing indie stuff up at Christie's on the Square. We did, like, mm-hmm. Thursday night um, shows, like a residency. Um, also did some, sc- like, the scout lights and stuff like that. But, you, you know, if I had to be out, I, I, what it came down to was I, I just wanted to do metal and hardcore. Mm-hmm. And so that's when... Um, I started Sonoma County Metal and Hardcore just as a way of saying, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanna do metal, I just wanna do hardcore. Um, and that's where we're at now, probably about three years after it started. And,
0: uh, yeah, and what venues primarily are you working with?
3: So right now we're very limited on venues. So with Phoenix Theater in Petaluma mm-hmm. is a home, and then the Arlene Francis Center in Santa Rosa is the other home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done Oakland before, but I, if if I'm gonna do a show, I kind of want it to be, you know, in my backyard. I want yeah. it to be for us mm-hmm. in this area. So, th- those are my home venues. Um, you know, after Dave uh, sold last day, it was under mm-hmm. other ownership. We tried that <laughs> um, situation. It didn't. It, it wasn't uh, beneficial for all. Right. And then we also had uh, Aubergine, uh, or uh, oh, that's right. What, what was it called? Uh, After Dark or Origin After Dark? Or yeah, something.
0: you brought OTEP there, right? Yeah, I
3: did OTEP there and DRI. Yeah. Um, and some smaller tours. Um, that was fun. All ages with mm-hmm. liquor, which is something we don't have in this market. Mm-hmm. So um, it was always chaotic and fun. <laughs>
0: so. Always. Now, have you seen, like, um since you started, the Sonoma County Metal and Hardcore. Did you, have you seen like more growth or more people coming out to those shows or like?
3: So um, the I'd say the first two years, um, it was uh, it really popped off. Yeah. So you know a local show, you know anywhere in the Bay Area, a local show for metal will probably do like you know seventy kids or seventy heads or something. And we were easily doing 150 a show, which mm-hmm. is, like, just for ra- random locals. People were coming out just because there was something going on. There was de- It was developing its own kind of following, like a, <clears throat> a community was really being born. And then um, it did start to taper off. Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, quite where it was. Um, there is a little bit of a downturn in metal across the board with um, – you know attendance that shows somewhat unless it's you have a a real national headliner mm-hmm. and you know when you get the national then you'll sell a couple hundred tickets and you'll have an awesome show but um it's it's a lot of work to try to get heads through the door and I know you know just knowing some of the um one of the other punk promoters around here they're they're in the same boat mm-hmm. so it's you know people kind of grow up or.
0: Grow, they, or they're, they have kids that they have to tend they, they, to as they opposed to going having, out. <laughs> yeah, they start
3: having kids or they turn 21 and then, mm-hmm. you know, they get to go to bars and, you yeah. Know. I I mean, it's it's still always the same process no matter where, you know.
0: And what were your avenues of, like, promotion for that that, that you found worked well, I guess?
3: Um, so social media is going to be king for promotion in a lot of ways. Uh, targeted... Um, Advertising, actually putting money towards uh, promotion, is huge. Um, if you have something with name recognition, then absolutely hitting the uh, streets with flyering mm-hmm. works. If it's a band that no one recognizes, they're not going to come out to the show just because you gave them a flyer. I mean, I know. right <laughs> in 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 the maybe 90s <laughs> you know that, that was relevant because not as much was going on but yeah you know we're competing with some kid getting to sit down on at home and watch YouTube or play video games you know mm-hmm. like that the gratification you don't need to go out to do something you could be at home and have everything at your fingertips now mm-hmm. so it's a really hard sell sometimes if there's um, a small unknown band, to try to get out on the road and actually expect people to show up. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard sell. I'm glad I'm not in a touring band because it <laughs> sounds so rough out there for some people. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's interesting to hear, I mean, especially in your role as a promoter, over the years, how the different things that you're competing with for attention change. Like you said, that now people, they can watch shows on YouTube or it, it, there's so many di- digital avenues and things. It, it's got to be odd to kind of sort of change how you know you're working and how you're promoting shows and getting the word out to people.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a big thing. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like a, what was dominant here probably a decade ago was probably rock radio. Mm-hmm. You know, having a rock radio station that you could do an advertisement on and have um, musical guests actually come on, which benefited. Them and mm-hmm. also benefited the show, and, you know, it, there was some kind of mutual um, benefits. Whereas now how many people are listening to a, a rock radio station when they have Spotify or... Exactly. You, you know, I don't have the numbers, but <laughs> I listen to Spotify. Right, so, as do I. Yeah. But that's
0: also because we don't have a radio market here that plays the music that I listen to. We exactly. D- we don't. Yeah. We don't. So it's so. kind of kind of a bummer, but...
3: So that – that it, it puts us in an interesting spot of being really in a secondary market or competing with Sacramento or competing yeah. with the Bay Area proper, Oakland, San Francisco. So, you know, sometimes I'll see agents sending tours to uh, – you know, it used to be Ace of Spades was the a competitor, but now it's um, – Holy Diver, Holy thank diver. You know, Yay. so not not Nailed not it. Motorhead.
0: <laughs> Still a rock reference.
3: Yeah, exactly a Dio reference. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, oh, so they're getting more shows at Holy Diver.
3: Yeah. So, um, geez, you see, this is an, what we're talking about before, where like I know the, I I talk about these people like I know them, and I I have never met or talked to this person. <laughs> I I emailed with him like. Five years ago, <laughs> you know about hey, about yeah. our show. Um, <laughs> so my understanding is that he was one of the owners and founders of uh, Ace of Spades,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and then he sold to what are they Live Nation?
0: They are Live mm-hmm. Nation. So yep.
3: sold to Live Nation, and he got maybe hired on or something along those lines as like a senior buyer. So I think he books there, but mm-hmm. he also I believe now owns Holy Diver. Oh, okay. And he used to be, he came up from as a booker for, in-house for um, the boardwalk.
0: Oh. So,
3: Yeah. that whole thing, yeah. So some of those tours I can see that are flashing right there. Like, so that we're, we're gonna do, they're doing that Lorna Shore date. We're yep. doing, we're gonna do the date in Petaluma. They're gonna do Sacramento. But a lot of those tours that you see on there are the ones that we would be competing with.
0: I see. Trying to, so are they a part of the radius clause then? Is that why you can't get them, or?
3: Um, so I, I typically would have a hard time because it, we have such a small population up here that I yeah. really do need to, if, if it's a bigger tour, um, I would need to essentially try to capture some of that audience. Mm. And so if I have to split my draw, if they have a Sacramento, it might not hurt too much, but if it was like a, um, if it was in Oakland, mm-hmm. I'd probably be dead.
0: Yeah. Right. So,
3: I, you know, all my my uh, offer forms say that it's only good, the offer's only good if it's uh, Sa- uh, Sacramento and San Francisco or Oakland or not. Um, don't get a show.
0: Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, it looks like they're bringing John 5. That'd be a good show.
3: Yeah, you see, that would have been a good uh, Fox <laughs> show right there. It right? would have
0: been a good Fox show. Yeah. I right know. There's still a Bring the Fox Back page. That's in Is there <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like one guy that's like... <laughs>
3: Die hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot about the Boardwalk, man. I used to go to so many shows there in Orangeville.
3: So I, I think Ace of Spades, for the most part, killed um, boardwalk. boardwalk.
0: So Sarah, with your wine, so mm-hmm. you've gone on tour, so with so it's a little bit of a different thing. But <laughs> right. <laughs> what was that experience like?
2: Um, mostly uh, it was for naked wine. I mean as you move up the ranks into more of a winemaking position, you are asked to travel for that brand to represent the brand. So I guess Mm. you could say in general, you go on tour, but (laughs) I think what you're referring to is um, my tenure at Naked Wines. I had to give up that project um, once Copan was acquired by Jackson family wines Mm. for um, non-competing. But during my time there, they did a California winemakers tour for, uh, it was about three or four years that I was doing that, and essentially we would they would pay for all the winemakers, even the international ones, to come out. Wow. And they would host a big tasting and then sell tickets to it. And yeah, it was, it was pretty successful and we hit up cities like San Diego, LA, Sacramento. I think one year we did San Jose. Um, and that's where we're both from, so my parents obviously showed up to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's quite a role reversal from when he was going <laughs> on tour with his various music music projects. Yeah, nice. Yeah.
0: And then, so what shows do you have coming up, Ernest?
3: Um, so I I think the main one people are looking at right now is uh, um, Soulfly, uh, which is uh, Max Cavalera from Sepultura mm-hmm. um, that is next Monday coming, the 25th uh, that sounds about right cool <laughs> <laughs> at the Phoenix uh, at the Phoenix okay. coming uh, with Unearth, which is um, actually really cool I, what, what's interesting about promoting sometimes is uh, I don't know book bands I like love mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's a lot of you know the agents are sending you what band is going on tour so it's not like I'm like oh hey send me Slayer it's not like that it's, <laughs> it's more like hey we got XYZ coming through Tuesday night uh do you have the date available you know that's how it works
0: mm-hmm.
3: and so um Unearth is a, a band that I would have booked anyways yeah um you know I was big into metalcore back in the early t- mid 2000s <laughs> so they were like one of those big uh Core band so I'm actually really stoked to, get Heck to
0: yeah
3: drive twenty minutes to go see them <laughs> <laughs> at you
0: know, the Phoenix no less.
3: at the Phoenix yeah exactly um so that's on uh next Monday that'll be um that that's a fun one just because I it's Max Cavalera, so it's gonna do good you know there's gonna be three three hundred fifty kids hanging yeah, out. Um, for sure and that's always a fun to see you know the big circle pits and mm-hmm. you know, what in my opinion, what the Phoenix Theater is there for is those big. Oh, yeah. You know, kids running around and, you know, just going wild.
0: I think that was like my first ever like pit experience was at the Phoenix, for sure. sure. I forget what show it was, but it was definitely a local band.
2: Was and it? Yeah, yeah no, that's great. <laughs> Who
0: was the band they like had like the dead babies on the. Oh, jeez. On the. <laughs> on the. Uh, on their microphone stands.
2: Oh, jeez. They
3: were really nice
0: guys, but. I remember the dead babies. Anyway, it was during that show.
2: Good <laughs> oh, a memorable
0: first Yeah, yeah. yeah now, it was pretty intense.
3: Yeah, and then uh, in April is the other one that'll be... Uh, it's a Death Corps tour with uh, Lorna Shore and Enterprise Earth and Body Snatcher mm-hmm. within Destruction. Um, so it's kind of um, one of those shows where people are really going to be wilding out. and Cool. It's been kicking and... <laughs> swinging for the stars.
1: It, you mentioned a little bit f- before we started, but it, is it tough for you to go to a show as a fan and not look at it with your promoter hat and be like, why are they doing this? What's going on?
3: <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, promoting has ruined music for me. <laughs> <in some sense. laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think what we were talking about beforehand is um, I'll go to shows. I go to more shows with Sarah yeah. um, for bands that she's into, then I'll go for shows mm-hmm. that I want to see on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I go to a lot of shows as is. And, uh, it's, it's really kind of, um, such a different experience because I'm so into DIY, like I'm way too old to be DIY, but it's <laughs> a, you know, just, you know, that, that punk and hardcore and metal, like, um, kind of ethos you know and then we go see arcade fire or we go see something at
2: the shins yeah we go to <laughs>
3: like fox theater or something and it's like damn they're just so classy you right
0: know? <laughs> especially at the fox man that venue is amazing yes it's, i know yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. damn
3: he's got like a microphone on his like cajon or something you <laughs> know <laughs> it's like
0: <laughs>
3: um but you know actually it it is um I I think I do have a sense of peace if I get to go to a show just to go to a show because it's like I don't have to do anything I don't have to worry about a change over time <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I'll, I'll, I will pay attention to it but it's just like um you know kind of
1: let's see how this goes you know, <laughs> you know and have your individual music tastes rubbed off on each other at all mm,
3: yes uh, more for me than uh-huh. her um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, not for me. No, you're not rocking the the deathcore. <laughs> no. Uh,
3: what was on more recently? Uh, Crystal Castles. Mm. Yeah. Uh, our, arcade Fire, I can tolerate now.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now this is after you saw them live, though. That kind of grew your appreciation for the bands. Yes. So yeah. that's
3: odd because uh, sure. I, I I don't think the music does a lot of these bands justice. Um yeah. And even though I feel burnt out on live music sometimes, I mean, I'll, I'll always love live music, but sometimes you're just like, damn, another show. <laughs> but getting to see something that you're not familiar with, I think, can help you appreciate it that much more just because you don't have an expectation. Yeah. You know, I, I went in expecting it just to be like, oh man, these guys are going to suck. Right. And, <laughs> you know they're going to be so boring and yeah. like, you know, they're going to be trying so hard to be edgy. I, I know exactly what it's going to be. And then it turns out, like, they're really good, and it's like, oh, damn, that was, what was that one song? And, you know, I have to hum it back to her, and, you know, she'll know what song, and it's like, so it's, um, it's actually a great experience to kind of get out of my, my zone. Yeah. At the same time, you know, her, her music doesn't have, like, a dude. (laughs) Female barking into a microphone, <laughs> trying to sound like a dragon. Okay. So I, I, I could see, True. I could see why why she might not be able to tolerate my music as much. So
0: during dinner, you're playing Sarah's music, not yours. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, well, yeah, mostly record players. We have a record player. At home oh, nice. It's important to me for our kids to know, you know, how music was previously played not just you know pressing a button on a computer so (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's nice um, to me it's special to you know it's what i grew up with my dad had a record player and then you know i think we're unique in our generation getting to see the evolution of you know records to tapes to cds and now you know it's all streaming online so kids need to know I, I think how music is recorded and played. And it, it, there is more of a connection to me when you have, you see it physically being played and mm-hmm. um, that's it, it, kind of lost these days. I miss that. And that's why I think live music is cool because you're still seeing people play instruments and sing and perform. And yeah. It's not so easy. as pushing a button. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's yeah, cool. I, think, I that, think that's awesome. And do your kids like music? What, what are they listening to? Uh-huh. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> Besides Frozen? No, yeah, so they're, no yeah.
3: they're big into music. Um, let's see. Quincy is, she was really into the Trolls soundtrack. soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that
2: was on heavy rotation. Yeah,
3: but <laughs> she is actually in a, uh, she she seems to react most to classical. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah took Quincy and a bunch of the ladies of the family, you know, my mom, her mom, and grandmas, and just the ladies, and Quincy went to go see the Nutcracker.
2: Mm. In San Francisco, yeah, it was pretty cool.
3: So she seems to enjoy that.
2: Yeah. Oliver has recently, I think his soundtrack mostly comes from the Avengers movies. (laughs) 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 But he was, you know, singing... uh, what was he singing the other day? He likes Queen. <laughs> oh, that's good. He likes well the Beastie Boys. That's kind of my favorite Boys band. Fan, so, yeah. you know
3: what, um, what? He, you know what's interesting is um, with uh, so much stuff on the internet that we we're talking about mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. um, a lot of kids will play video games and then you could watch like these people on YouTube like playing the video game.
2: Mm-hmm. So weird. Yes. That yeah, that sounds weird. Yeah. So just, it doesn't sound in, like why is that even entertaining? Right. Well,
3: these dudes are getting paid money. There's a
2: whole like, In case money. you didn't know, in yeah. case you don't have kids, there is a whole market of YouTube famous it, people that just sit it's there It's like live
1: streaming, isn't it? Live yeah. streaming. Right, exactly. Yeah. What? And so they
3: they'll that's actually crazy. they'll actually have like soundtracks that go with it and that's like the music that Ollie will be into. And like it'll be it's like, like this EDM it's type, EDM type, stuff. type yeah. music. And it's like, do you like this? Do you like that? And like, it's kind of weak, but. it's all right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, if you like EDM, check this out. Like, here, here's some EDM that I like, and mm-hmm. I'll like play them like, I don't know, something like show, like cascade or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, no, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I like the this one. I'm like, it's the same thing. It's just that there's no video game attached <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we you know we to... kids uh, uh be brought up with music it just seems like something that's really important and Mm -hmm. um, by no means force our opinion of what good music is because
2: um, it's so subjective yeah and that's the same thing about wine I think there's a lot of parallels to that Um, it is subjective and that's where there's so many damn wineries out there (laughs) Um, that's true but what I was going to say is also that you know Ernest grew up in a musical household he played instruments growing up i never did i was more out on the sports field so i can only sit and watch and appreciate music whereas i think you know he carries a bigger burden of of teaching our son how to play a musical instrument drums is is what is currently in our house oh that's cool yeah he asked for a how does he like that drum uh, set.
3: he's played it like maybe three times
2: <laughs> Mostly, it was a purchase for.
3: <laughs> My, uh, straight up, I bought it for myself. Yeah, of
2: course. Like, hey, kid, take
0: this. Yeah, don't worry
3: gonna... about it. You don't have to play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it'd be great for, you know, all to learn how to play guitar or drums or whatever he wants, just mm-hmm. as long as there's something. You yeah. Know?
1: Nice. It, it's. It, it's kind of interesting. It seems like the even though the gateway to music has changed, just whether it be through watching someone streaming their video game, like <laughs> it, it, it still leads to other things. Like like you said, that you, oh you like this, we'll try try this, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you find new new bands, you find old bands, and but just that gateway changes, but the the world is still there to just find all this new music out there. So it's interesting to see how it's evolved.
2: True.
3: yeah and I think it's always fun to have those conversations with people of like what do you listen to you know yeah. and then it's
2: you can kind of get a grip on their personality <laughs> <laughs> do you judge somebody based on what their response is mm-hmm. a little bit yeah a little really? bit yeah definitely yeah yeah okay. yeah I like, I like Katy Perry well okay do you like oh, Britney like Spears? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, you, can you don't
3: like Justin Timberlake? I do. I
2: well, yeah, I, I mean, Justin I Timberlake's in his own category, yeah, though.
0: He's awesome. So yeah.
3: Who I doesn't mean, like Justin
1: Timberlake? You people know. that are wrong. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> he is his own subgenre. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
3: funny. No, I, I mean, that's always fun, and getting a... Um, I, I think that's one thing that I have a hard time of ever seeing myself like stepping away like I, eventually I can't be like um like a scene dude or something you know <laughs> yeah. like it, it, it gets like really sad as you get like older and it's just <laughs> like oh yeah, you're hell into music huh and it's like yeah, I guess so <laughs>
2: um,
3: but you know getting to talk to people about it um I think is one of my favorite things because it it usually goes into such a deep weird tangent. Mm-hmm. And it always seems to get you know a feeling of connection with someone when you're like oh my god I like that band too or like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I d- maybe you don't like the same band but you ha- you can sense that their passion for that type of music like when you when you're around music people when you could sense that they have that passion for music that mm-hmm. you do it might be a different genre but you you kind of get that connection of like oh my god you're like really into something. Like I am, mm-hmm. so that's going to be something I really miss if I ever like bounce out of music. Is getting to have those conversations with people because it happens, literally, probably every show. Mm-hmm. I'll have that conversation with one or two people.
0: Are you um, talking like to the younger generations, or is it primarily like?
3: You know, I I think it's um, without a doubt transcends age because yeah. um, the people who are really passionate about music, I think. Um, I've had a conversation with like the next generation of kids, Um, I've had it with like the teenagers, I've had it with like the 20-somethings, you know. Mm
2: -hmm. What about the parents that drop off the (laughs) preteens to the show? Yeah, (laughs) right. Sometimes the
3: the parents want to beat my ass. (laughs) Um, No, um, yes, I've had conversations with the parents because the parents that are, seriously, like the parents that are dropping off their kids at shows and stuff are the ones that are supporting them Mm -hmm. going to a show Mm -hmm. and saying yeah go to a show and that's why places like the phoenix theater where it's a home for these misfit kids to have a sense of identity and get to go to shows and Mm -hmm. stuff you know um it's amazing to get to talk to those kids and um know that there's other kinds of music that they're really passionate about it's like oh my god that that was me, you know, when I was 15 or for 16, sure. you know, they're just going to a different concert and, you know, I was trying to get to a no effects show or something like that mm-hmm. or, you know, lag wagon or something. <laughs> it, it, it's full circle and it's just, you know, I don't think that passion's ever going to go away for people in live music. I would hope not. I hope not.
0: You know, I mean, even with all the streaming services and that you could stream essentially like a concert on youtube live i mean i still think that there's something to be said for actually buying a ticket driving there you know going to the show i mean that's an experience all in of itself that you just can't get by just watching it on youtube true so yeah
3: Yeah, no uh i i I completely agree. And, you know, I I mean, it's a great reminder, you know, getting to talk about it. (laughs) So that's why you like music. (laughs) I forgot about that.
0: Gives you that happy, fuzzy feeling. (laughs) It it definitely does. Do you have any shows that you're going to coming up for just pure enjoyment?
3: You know, there's one that I'm I'm flirting about going with, and um, it's a band called In Flames. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, you know, they're not like, the most underground band anymore. They're pretty much a mainstream yeah. like hard rock band, probably now. Mm-hmm. And they're playing in the city as a support for some band that I don't even know who it is.
1: Mm. Um, I think it's Within Temptation, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, who is look at that? that. They are. I think they're, they're like big, Swedish. Right? Yeah, kind of. I, I mean, Evanescence is a bad point of reference, <laughs> but it, it's a close point of reference. Uh, it's like right. a. a Female-fronted hard rock oh. band. I want to say from Sweden.
3: Yeah, I, they're they're um, a European
1: band for sure. But uh, I think they used to be heavier and are now a lot more mainstream in their sound. A little bit more um, melodic. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, Jacoby was a guest singer on their last yes. album. And oh, yeah, okay. So yeah, that's okay. Uh, you're absolutely right.
3: That's okay. <laughs> who it is, and they're going to be playing in San Francisco. In Flames is the support band, but um, In Flames for me has a special place just because. Um, I think them and another band called Arch Enemy are the oh, two yeah. <laughs> uh, bands that got me into death metal, I think. Uh-huh. Because it was it's melodic, you know. Of course, it's got to be some kind of like Gothenburg or like <laughs> Swedish or, oh, yeah. you know, one of those types of melodic death metal bands. Um, and I remember getting to see them. I think it was like... Uh, Sounds of the Underground tour mm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. If you remember those, it was at Shoreline, Definitely. I think. Yeah, and I remember I was so hammered, and just like it became like it was like sun was going down, and their set came on, and like they had this massive light show, and mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my god, this is by far the best <laughs> set I've ever seen in my life.
0: Uh-huh.
3: So I like have to go see In Flames just because.
0: Yeah, they're good. I saw them at the Fox opening for, o, was it for Opeth, I think?
3: That would make sense.
0: Oh, wait, was that at the Fox? No, no. that was at the Warfield.
3: Hmm. It, that would seem like a more appropriate <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So, and they were really good. Like, I liked them way better than I liked Opeth.
3: Yeah, not at Opeth. No,
0: not at all. Mm-mm. But in Flames, they were legit.
3: Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. Cool. Ne-
0: so. <laughs> um, cool. Well, um, we had a good time chatting with you guys, and um, and um, so check out Sadiri Wines, and check out Sonoma County Metal and Hardcore online, and uh, just see what's going on. All right, thanks everybody. Nice Thank you guys. Us.